This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. But you probably should. On today's show, we're going to be drinking Nika Pure Malt 17-year, and I am excited for it. It's been a long time since I've had a Japanese whiskey. But before we get to all that, let's get down to just a little bit of business. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you could do us a favor, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. While you're there, you can leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts app. Ratings help uh, people find the show. Reviews reviews help us know what you like, maybe what you'd like to see different. And if you want to support the show in a more bigger way, go to patreon.com slash chillfiltered. That's the business. Here's the podcast. Cole, I almost got it that time. I was much closer than last episode. Yeah, definitely better than last time. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah, today it's it's been a, a better week. Um, I you know I talked about anxiety last week, and it's been a little less this week for some reason. I just you know you know how it goes. Sometimes you just deal with it, and you can't really help it. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad it's better. And um, and then yeah, it's been a fun week. Um, I. Yeah, I was helping someone move this morning. Ooh, get this. We are um, getting with a realtor. Oh. Um, probably in the next two hours. Uh, yeah, when we're recording, uh, within an hour and a half of when, after we're recording, we're getting with a, a realtor. That's awesome, man. And uh, so we're, we're, yeah, so we're looking at houses and, and kind of just at least entering are you know the market in a way of just saying all right like we're gonna take this seriously now right uh, so that should be good and then um and then there was something that happened this week i forget what it was um but maybe it'll hit me in a little bit but it's been it's been a decent week and uh yeah we uh i might even be going to virginia in um july which makes me excited I don't know if I mentioned that last week, but uh, hit up some, uh, hit up my wife's family as well as take care of a few business things we might need to do out there. So that would be really fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. But uh, I think that's all I got going on. What, what, I, I hear you've had a fun week. Well, let me, me let me that. first say this. You sound tired as all hell. Really? I sound like super tired because I, you know, it's funny, like after getting over, like we helped someone move this morning and it was pretty hot, um, but I don't feel like that tired. But I do like once I like got into my closet to record. Yeah. Um, I like got hit by like a wave, but I didn't think it like showed in my voice or anything. Oh no! Like you, it sounds like you have no energy whatsoever. Oh, it's there. It's just hidden behind. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't mean that. Ne- I, I don't mean but to I say that good. like negatively and make you feel bad. I'm just like no. I'm just like oh, Cole, are you okay? So. It's it's different than that one time I had a Red Bull before recording. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That was um, a fun one. But yeah, no, I had a good weekend. Um uh, as you know, it uh this so we're recording this on Saturday, June 22nd. Is it the 22nd today? Yeah, I think second. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Ashley and I's 5-year anniversary was Thursday, June 20th, and um we went out to Milwaukee and uh stayed in a hotel for a couple days, couple nights and went to the Brewers game on Thursday night. I drank a lot this weekend, and I ju- like we just pulled uh-huh. in from Milwaukee, so like we just got home, um, and so I'm I am feeling like I don't have a ton of energy, but that's okay. Uh, I, I am really excited to have this uh, whiskey that we've got today, but um, I don't know. I, I I'm good, and life is good, and all that jazz. Hey, I noticed you you put up a after the last episode. Did you put up a um, a new post on whiskey goals? Yeah, I've been trying to keep it uh, every week or so. So yeah, we did one right before we released the episode. I put it up, 
and uh, I'll probably do the same today slash tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been fun kind of getting back into that. I feel like I felt like I was worried because my writing style has to be kind of energized in a way. Right. Um, but I've been writing without issue. Like I just, I just write it up and, and feel good about it and kind of feel like I'm presenting something great as well as talking about the podcast. Good. So I've been kind of um, encouraged by that, that it's not like hard to do. Right. Uh, to pick back up. So it's been good. Yeah. Well, so check it out at whiskeygoals.com. Yeah. And well, speaking of whiskey goals, we actually, uh, this weekend, Cole, you and I, can check off one of our mutual whiskey goals. I yeah. feel like don't don't don't, uh-huh. don't you like yeah probably something that's in like the top two goals of the podcast. I would say yeah exactly. Uh, so no, I uh, when you told me yeah I was stoked. I know. So go ahead. I I I uh, as I was texting you, I was, I said to Ashley, I'm texting Cole this, and he's gonna lose his mind. <laughs> Yeah, I was so excited. I, I hope it conveyed itself in the text that I sent you, oh, but I was like did. so yeah. stoked. Uh, so I don't want to reveal too much, um, but I was, uh, and actually, if you check out our Instagram, it, you'll be able to um, put the puzzle pieces together and, and figure it out. But um, And again, our Instagram mm. is Chill Filtered Podcast on Insta- Instagram. Um, so while we were uh, on our little trip this weekend, we uh, stopped at a distillery and we were just kind of shooting the shit with the bartender who also is the tour guide and just just a nice guy. So we just were really getting along with him and uh, his name is Ross. He's a great guy. And we decided to take the distillery tour. But while we were in the tasting room, they were shooting a video for a promotion for this party that they were doing. And... Um, we were cracking jokes because the guy who was uh, featured in the video kept having to reshoot his take, and uh, I said, "Well, you know, uh-huh. I I could uh, I could." I, I said, "You just need to hold a microphone while you do it." And I had my backpack and I pulled out a microphone because I'm I'm just always prepared to like podcast, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. And uh, the the guy was like the the guy that was helping shoot the video was like, "Oh wow, you you're just prepared for anything." Like, what what else do you got in that backpack? And I pulled out my nice camera that I use for live streaming. And I was like, well, I got this nice camera you could shoot on. And he's like, why do you have this? And I said, well, I, I came here because I am a part of a whiskey podcast. I host a whiskey podcast with my co-host Cole. And he's like, really? And he like slid over and he gave me his card. And uh-huh. he, he was the marketing director of the distillery. And he goes, so uh, what do we got to do for us to be featured on your podcast? And I just said, give me a bottle and we'll make it happen. And, uh, conversation, conversation. We went on the, the, I'm sorry, the distillery tour. And then when we came back up to the tasting room, he had two bottles set aside for us free of charge. So that is, uh, I, again, I think that has been one of our number one goals since we started this, uh, show to have a distillery supply a bottle for us to sample. And, And so we've got two now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's not the first time we've been offered that as well, which is super exciting. And and distilleries out there listening right now, this isn't check off our total goal. We want this to keep happening. But right. um, I was so excited. So I'm glad that happened. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And a big shout out to that distillery. We will reveal it officially on the show maybe next week. I think, Cole, you know, we planned mm-hmm. our next 14 episode, episodes or 13 after this one. I think that we've got to make some mm-hmm. substitutions in there to get these guys oh, in there no to, yeah. to do that. And, you know, I also told them, I said, you know, our, our promise to distilleries is that we we're not if we don't like it we're not going to trash your product but we will be honest and and if we don't like it we're we're not going to we'll find something good to say about it you know we'll we'll give the tasty notes but, sure. but we're not going to sit here and be like oh this is awful don't get it uh and he kind of chuckled yeah, and, and sure. said that's fine so uh yeah that but just for any other distillery out there like we, we will just give an honest review of your product and and what we think of it but we promise that we're not here to trash your hard work and like the blood sweat and tears that you put into it oh, so for sure all right. Mm-hmm. All that said, Cole, what are we drinking today? So we're drinking, uh, officially the name is Nika Takatsuru Pure Malt 17-year. And uh, it's going to be a good one. Awesome. You'll you'll have to be sure to send me that, that uh, full name so I can get the episode titled correctly. <laughs> oh, definitely. Will do. Um, yeah. Well, what do you say? And let, do you have anything else to, to say in this BS time? 
No, there'll be a good amount of history, so no need to uh, no need to carry it on. All right, well, let's get going. Let's taste some of this whiskey, get the history. But before that, let's take just a short, quick break. All right, back from break, and as you heard Cole just say, today on the show we are drinking the Nika Takatsuru Pure Malt. Is that what you said? Takatsuru. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep, Pure Malt. And uh, it's a Japanese whiskey, 17-year. Um, and as I know, you know, when I think of Japanese whiskey, I think basically scotch because it's it's very similar to scotch. So I am, I am trepidatious about trying this, Cole, but uh, you give us the history. Yeah, so um, you said it was a Japanese whiskey. That it is. And Japanese whiskey, like scotch and like, um, I believe, Canadian whiskey, they do not involve a E in the whiskey of the, you know, the W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. It's just a Y, no E. Um, And so the question is, what makes a Japanese whiskey? And I was excited kind of looking up this uh, history and like uh, research for this one. But actually, there's there's not many, if really at all, strict rules um, for Japanese whiskey. Cole, I mean, real, it basically real, needs to be done in Japan. Real quick, Yeah, Cole. I thought there would be like... Real, real quick. What's that? Real quick, I have to ask you. Um, I know we have had Japanese whiskey together. And, I, and I'm sure we've gone over this yes. a few times. Have we aired an episode? I know we recorded an episode with Japanese whiskey, but it, did it did it actually air? Yeah, it was one of the uh, vaulted episodes, but we um, did release, I believe, the the Yamazaki Twelve episode. Okay, but that's the only time we've had a Japanese whiskey. Yep, that's right. Okay, so we've only had one out of our fifty plus episodes. Wow, so this is a this is a new era. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Sorry for interrupting. So, um, Oh, you're fine. Yeah, so no, like, strict rules for Japanese whiskey. And um, you'll find there's a style, though. um, And the Japanese are known to take their whiskey very seriously. So even without the strict rules, it's kind of nice that they, like, take it, you know, like, and, like, this is, they enforce their style, but it's not, like, rules or even, like, legal things like we'll have in bourbon or rye. Right. Um, But it's very similar to scotch. Notably different, if you asked me. Um, they actually apparently get their barley, um, almost completely imported from Scotland. Barley apparently doesn't grow well in Japan, but it is, um, a hundred percent barley, um, with their, uh, mash bills. Um, basically there's, there used to be like blending back in like, I want to say earlier, like before the fifties, like the 1950s, um, there used to be blending with neutral grain spirits and just like, adding whatever to make it taste good, you know, like things like um, molasses or something like that. They they stopped doing that, but not because of any legal rule, but more so this guy who we'll get into, his name's Masataka Takatsuru, um, basically pushed the nation into like creating legitimate, like, like very well put together whiskey. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, Japanese whiskey, although produced commercially since 1924, was not exported internationally until around the turn of the century um, when Whiskey Magazine gave Nika Yoichi 10-year single malt the best of the best. So you're saying um, it didn't start, they didn't start exporting it until around the year 2000 is what you're saying? Yep. In 01, they got that award. Wow. And then after that, they were like, we can make money off of this exporting. So Do you know, was it um, was it a sense of like... Like Japanese Japanese pride of like, hey, this is our thing. We want to keep it here, or did or did they just think it didn't make financial sense to to export it? I think it was more so the latter, especially because in the eighties, um, Japanese whiskey took a big hit, and and there was a lot of um, you know uh, distilleries that just weren't doing well, and so I think in general it was like this isn't big enough yet to even export. So it was kind of I think it was more so like why export if no one's going to buy it um but then they started getting awards and they're like yeah people are going to buy it right so i think the latter um but but i wrote my next note was since then japanese whiskey has been playing in the big leagues like they win awards like crazy and people people didn't like they didn't earn like their i mean they did earn something but it wasn't like they were like okay we'll allow you in the whiskey playing field like the world would say that no it was more like oh you guys got some good stuff 
So that's what I kind of liked about Japanese whiskey altogether. Uh, the Nika slash Yoichi distillery history would be that this guy named Masataka Takatsuru, he was a Japanese man. He studied organic chemistry at the University of Glasgow in Scotland in 1918. He learned distilling um, from his time there, uh, even at the Hazelburn Scotch Distillery, which actually went under a few years after he worked there. Um, when he came back to Japan, he was hired by this guy named Shijiro Tori, um, or Shinjiro Tori. Um, who founded what's now the Suntory Company. Um, and really after helping like kick off Suntory, um, in 1934, Takatsuru broke off and started his own company, Nika. And Nika now owns quite a few distilleries, but the main two are Yoichi, which is in the northern portion of uh, Japan. And I don't know where the Miyagiro... <laughs> no, no, I'm going to take this very slow. Miyagikyo. Miyagiko uh, Distillery. And I don't know where that is, but I believe it's on the northern half of Japan. Um, Yoichi is known, actually, um, for using peated barley more than the other distilleries in Japan. Not all of them use it very strictly, but Yoichi is known to add a little. Um, But it's actually, I originally thought that um, Japan imported peat, but apparently uh, in certain parts of Japan, they have their own peat they don't have much so it's not like a super peated um you know whiskey Um, but you'll notice even on this one that there might be a little um smokiness to it but not much yeah um specifically this bottle the nika takatsuru pure malt 17 year it's part of a collection the takatsuru pure malt collection there's a no age statement one there's this 17 year one and there's actually a 21 year one and um, if I were to guess without doing the research, I would have guessed this was a single malt because it is called pure malt, but it's actually not. And it's just a wording difference that they would use in Japan, almost like lost in translation. Pure malt means that it is a blend of malt. Did you did you say um, lost in it, translation because of Bill Murray's movie Lost in Translation where he films a Japanese whiskey commercial? Oh, I had no idea there was that. No, I just just said it. Yeah, I don't remember which which Japanese whiskey, but it, it's a real it, it's a real Japanese whiskey that he shoots a commercial for. But yeah, anyway, that'd be crazy if it was Nika. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually a blend of multiple distilleries too, which would actually disqualify it for from becoming not only a single malt for that reason, but the word single means single distillery, and malt typically when you say single malt means um, not blended. Um, or for the most part. And so this is neither. This is blended and multiple distilleries, but they're all owned by Nika. Um, the big two were, were the Mia Gikyo and the Yoichi. Um, but unlike Scottish distilleries, they're known to not share. Um, sometimes you'll get like blends from like a bunch of Scotch distilleries, but um, Nika and Yamazaki are very separated and they're very proud and they're very like, they will not send each other anything to share juice wise. Um, And they quote about this uh, specific bottle quote with a large proportion of malts aged in sherry casks, unquote total wine. If you can get it through total wine is about 180 bucks. Oh really? Wow. So I don't think I bought it for that much. I got this in 2015, um, but I, you know, it was definitely closer to 100 when I got it. Yeah. Well, cool. But yeah, um, another thing about it is we will not hear a cork pop today because most Japanese whiskey outside of the one I can think of would be Habiki has screw tops. By the way, Habiki is the uh, the whiskey that is in Lost in Translation. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Centauri product. Yep. And in fact, the the commercial cool. is uh, it, it. He always he talks about it's Suntory time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta watch that. I I don't love Bill Murray, but then when whoa, I saw whoa uh, whoa whoa whoa, I think we need to rethink this partnership, my friend. No, I mean like when I saw Groundhog's Day, that is a work of art. That movie. What about what about um, uh, what about Bob? You know, I was so annoyed by him watching that movie. Um, it was just like every I I don't do well with those kind of movies where like they make the worst decision every decision. Right. Um, it's just like it. it but I I respect him. 
I respect but I have that. I found myself loving his work. <laughs> Robbie can add that to the uh, spreadsheet. I, I don't. I, just, I say it every episode. I'm sure. I don't think that you would like Lost in Translation. It is a very heady movie, okay. and if you're not a fan of Bill Murray, there's no reason to watch it. Honestly, I mean it's good, but it's just it's very heady and abstract, and like the ending is very mercurial, just like weird ending like doesn't really make a ton of sense and a lot of people were left left dissatisfied with the ending i i very much can appreciate a uh obscure ending and like those kind of things like um is it is it wes anderson did he do that one no i don't think it's a wes anderson movie i don't remember who does it but it, it is not wes anderson i i, I can say that with like 99 percent assurity because it is not it's not the wes anderson style yeah, it's easy to easy to notice as that style. Let yeah. me uh, let me pose. I, I, you know, I'd be willing to give it a chance. Let me pose a question to you. I know we're, I'm interrupting your uh, your history here, but um, the uh, no, the tasting room guy that I was talking to at this distillery this weekend posed this question to me and Ashley, and uh, he's talking about. Uh, do, do you know the musical Wicked, the the Broadway show Wicked? Yeah, never seen it, but yeah, I know of it. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen it uh, in like on stage, but like I've seen bits and pieces performed on YouTube, and I know the the you, you know like the the general gist of it, right? It's like you know Oz. It, yeah. It's the story of the witch, basically. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, "Who would you want to see direct this?" And he gave me three directors, and I I only remember the the second the the last two. Oh man, who did he say? Uh, oh, so he said he he actually gave me a movie studio and then directors. So he said, uh, "Who who would you want to see make the movie adaptation of Wicked? Pixar? Would it be a Pixar movie? Tim Burton or Wes Anderson? What do you think? Personally, I would say Pixar um, because I think Pixar would nail it in in that in kind of that scene of like." Uh, you know, it just would remind. I I hate to say it, but I loved the movie Frozen. Um, There's nothing wrong with you saying that. Like Frozen is amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I feel like they would but, do it in a style is, similar to that. Is Frozen um, Pixar? Frozen wasn't Pixar. It's, yeah, you're right. It's DreamWorks. It wasn't. Um, yeah, no, no, it was Disney because it was a princess movie. Oh yeah, you're right. And they don't do singing movies in Pixar. You're right. So I I'm gonna readjust so, that because it wouldn't be like a singing movie, right? So um, so Pixar's out because I wouldn't because, do Tim Burton. Yeah, see here's the, so we all settled on Wes Anderson because we like Pixar is out because they don't do singing movies. Um and then Tim Burton is out because we could sit here and and basically describe the exact film that Tim Burton would make. Like we we know the I'm Tim Burton you. Wicked movie, right? Like it's it's basically yeah. every other Tim Burton movie that has singing in it. Um, 100% believe it. I don't I don't know that Wes Anderson has ever produced or directed a, a musical, and I would love to see a Wes Anderson musical. It would be just delightful and charming and weird as all shit. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, sorry yeah. for interrupting. Oh, okay, but one more question. What about Paul Thomas Anderson? Uh, is that like Royal T- Tenenbaums? Uh, I think the Royal Tenenbaums was Wes Anderson. Was it? Was well, it not? What's What's Paul Thomas Anderson then? So far, I think I. I hope I didn't get his name wrong. But the one, the guy who did Punch Drunk Love. I've never seen Punch Drunk Love. Uh, I'm trying to think what else he did, but that's the big one, and he it's very trippy, but not as trippy as like the other three. Um, oh, so he least, did like uh, he did Wes Anderson. He did The Master, There Will Be Blood, Magnolia, Boogie Nights. Uh, Dude, he's got he's got skill. Yeah, the only movie that I know of his that I really, really like is Boogie Nights, and I I do like There Will Be Blood. I I don't think so he good. could handle Wicked. I I really don't think he could. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting, but yeah, I agree. Wes Anderson number one. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, but let's get back to whiskey. I'm so I'm done history. I'm actually pouring it right now. Yeah, I poured a little bit and and have smelled it uh, a little bit as well. I, I definitely what do you think of that smell. I definitely smell scotch. Like, I mean, that's the overall smell that I get. Yeah, but you say scotch, and sometimes, sometimes you mean like 
Smoky Petey Scotch. This is not Smoky Petey. But I've noticed that you love good Highlands. Right. It. You know what? It, it has a rubber smell to it. Let me smell that. Whoa. Like, it's almost like... It's almost I don't get like, rubber. No, no, no. Hear me out here. Did you ever uh-huh. play dodgeball? Heck yeah. It's almost that rubbery smell that you get after getting smacked right in the face with the ball. Yeah. I, I know that's a very specific a note, but you're getting what? No, it's a. I love that kind of note. I'm getting a tiny bit of that, but mostly I'm getting like a crisp apple. Um, oh, shocking. Yeah, you're getting apple. Yeah, apple. No, I I don't say apple every time. Uh, just about. We both say it almost but every Yamazaki time. But Yamazaki was... What's that? I said we both say apple almost every time. It's my favorite, probably number one favorite note that I can get, especially on the palate and the finish. Oh, you know um, what else I'm getting? Yeah, oh, okay. I have an amendment here to my bring it. to my rubber note. Rubber cement, the glue, that's what I'm smelling. That I can get behind. There's a little bit of that. I'm actually getting a tiny bit of smokiness, like very, very subtle, but tiny bit of smokiness, especially compared to what I would get for Yamazaki. Um, that's just pure apples. This is a little bit of peat almost. Yeah, it's like it's like you're walking up to the campfire. You're not sitting at the campfire yet, but you can tell there's a campfire in the direction you're heading. Yeah, exactly. But very crisp, very, it's not like, um, it's, it doesn't smell like a sherry finished uh, scotch or anything like that, but it's very right. like, it's not, like when I say crisp, it's not like this dense sugary smell to it. No, I'm going for the taste. Yeah. Color, you got to talk about that since we don't often deal with uh, Japanese whiskey. Um, your average amber, to be honest, uh, it says it was mostly like a lot of sherry finish in the blend. I'm not seeing the tint of red that you can sometimes get. Maybe a small tint of red, but not really that strong. What do you think of the palette so far? There's a very sweet candiness to it. Uh, it's also very thin. It's a very thin whiskey, pretty watery already, to be honest with you. What's the proof on mm. this? I forget. Yeah, let me look. Um, 43%, so 86. Yeah, it's, um, ooh, I mean, it's sweet. It is very, very sweet for me. Mm. Almost, I mean, almost like a sucker, like like uh, like a, I don't know. It's it's like a hard candy, I guess. I oh, I just got the cough. Um, with yours, do you are you put off by the? I'm getting a level of peat here. Are you kind of put off by that? I don't taste any peat, man. I'm glad because I'm actually getting like. Like probably the th- a third of an amount of an Isla Scotch, and I don't know why you're not getting it, but I'm. It's definitely present for me. Yeah, I. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe maybe just like maybe just a tinge of it on the finish, but like I I don't notice it a ton. It this barely feels like whiskey to me, Cole. In terms of um, uh, strength, yeah. There's no there's no burn whatsoever. Uh, you know, like I yeah. said, I'm a little boozed out right now, so it, it could just be the amount of alcohol I've had to drink this weekend so far uh-huh. um, that my yeah. my tongue is just like, whatever, this is just more of the same. Um, but it, it almost, it's so thin. It Honestly, man, it almost feels like flavored water. And I, and I don't even mean any of this negatively. I'm actually really enjoying this. Um, mm. but it just doesn't, it doesn't, the mouthfeel doesn't, it doesn't feel like whiskey. It, it has a taste of whiskey, but the, it's so thin. I think that's what's, what's tripping me out is that it's so thin. With actually, yeah, Japanese whiskey has been accused of that and not in a, like you made it weird or anything like that. But I've heard a lot of people that say, you know, Japanese whiskey is good, but it's super thin, super, um, yeah, like uh, not, it's not really strong in any way. Right. Um, but that can be a good thing. Like I see that, I use the word for that as crisp. Like you're eating, um, you know, kind of a fresh apple. Yeah, uh, I'm not really, I'm not really getting like the fresh apple kind of thing going on here. So I, I don't know what you're tasting and what I'm not tasting basically. Yeah, I feel like this is one of the biggest splits we've had in flavor and like note determination. 
is like I'm getting Pete, you're not getting Pete. I'm getting apples, you're not getting apples. It's interesting. Yeah, I I mean it's not that I'm not getting Pete and that I'm not getting apples. It's just I don't think I'm getting them as strongly uh as you are. And again, like I've said, I'm I'm a little boozed out. I've had a, a boozy weekend, and so it could just be that either my my taste buds have been kind of fried by booze. It could be that uh, again that my tongue and my body's just like oh more booze like let's just booze if this is booze let's drink booze. <laughs> <laughs> Standard booze feel right. Did you so you dropped water right? Yep, and um, it didn't change it too much for me to be no. honest. I don't know if I got enough drops in there, but. Well, I only um, did one because it's, it's only 43%, uh, right? Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you can't do more than one drop in there, I feel like. Although, do you remember that Yamazaki was one of the best uh, ice drops, like drop a cube uh, whiskeys that we've ever had? I do. Are you going so to drop that cube? Yeah, I'm pulling. Oh, crap. Don't say it wrong, Cole. I'm grabbing a piece of ice now. <laughs> okay, I've been meaning to bring this up the entire episode. Uh, oh, yeah? And I think it's worth mes- mentioning to our listeners, we just had some technical difficulties, so if you if you feel like there's been, there was just kind of like a weird transition there, that is why, uh, you know, mm-hmm. recording remotely is difficult. Uh, so, uh, anyway, um, let's bring this up. Uh, on our last episode, Cole, you said... I'm polling myself when I, after I said, what did I say? Uh, that I had dropped I think the I water. Said I was like, you were, yeah, exactly. And I said, I, I put a drop of water in and you meant to say something like, I'm, I'm about I'm to do that myself. Or what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what, what came out was, <laughs> was, huh. I got to tell you, Cole, Ashley and I have been dying all week over this. (laughs) What you said was, okay, let's just reenact it real quick, okay? So so suddenly I say, oh, I just put a drop of water in there. I'm pulling myself now. No, no, no. So all you said was, I'm pulling myself. So take two. Mm. Take two. I just put a drop of water in. I'm pulling myself. You're what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, like Ashley and I love like I might I might drop in that uh, like into this episode. I might drop in the original audio file of that. Oh, but you, you Ashley could, and yeah. I yeah, Ashley and I love uh my response and the tone of it because it it says everything without saying anything. Like my tone is perfectly like did I hear that right? If I did hear that right, what the <laughs> hell, man? Why are you saying that on the air? <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. No. And Ashley and I, honestly, we, for um, on Sunday night last week, we laid in bed and just played that over and over and over. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I just word things bad sometimes. Yeah. That's all right. You don't speak too good sometimes. Yeah. So what's that? What's that goodness. ice doing for you? Actually, it, I like it. I like it a lot. It's very refreshing. Um, you know, similar to what we had with the Yamazaki Twelve, is like this is super refreshing with ice. Um, I could definitely like notes are about the same. Definitely a stronger apple. Definitely sweeter. Um, but I could enjoy this after a hot day, just like chilling and just being like trying to like cool down a little bit with this. This would be great with ice. Awesome. Um, you, so you said you you gave notes, right? You said it's still a little bit of apple. Yep. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I was, I was thinking ahead and then, um, no, a little bit of smokiness, but it is super pleasant, super sweet apples and yeah, refreshing. I think Robbie should keep track of how many times you call something pleasant. But, like, some whiskeys aren't pleasant, like, especially certain parts. Like, sometimes yeah, I, the finish is unpleasant, or sometimes when you add ice, it's unpleasant. I know. I, but I you, feel like you, pleasant's a You good describe thing. a lot of things as pleasant, though. Mm-hmm. So. You gotta work on um, that. Oh, Be hey, you know, the other, uh, the other thing that I got um, while I was in Milwaukee, I stopped at a liquor store and actually made a purchase. 
Um, the Knob, Knob Creek Cast Strength Rye, which was released last year in limited quantities, and I haven't seen it anywhere since probably August. And this yeah. uh, this liquor store had it for under retail, under what I had paid for it anywhere else, and they had two bottles of it. How I much bought, was it? It was fifty eight bucks, and so like the liquor store, nice. my liquor store uh, last year had it for like sixty five, and um, I was just so stoked. I wanted to buy both, but I also didn't want to like rob somebody else. You know, I have I had three bottles of it already, so I'm just adding my fourth. Yeah, so I didn't want to rob somebody else of like getting that awesome whiskey but i couldn't believe it like i was going through this liquor store talking to the employees and be like oh do you like what do you have like what's interesting one of the things they had was they had the jack daniels uh barrel proof uh or what single barrel barrel proof that we had last week but they Mm -hmm. had they had a bottle of it that was a higher proof and i and so i was interested in that i almost bought that but uh, I didn't, and so then I was walking around, and I was like, well, do you have any barrel picks or anything? And I think the guy that, honestly, I think the guy that I was talking to was actually drunk, and he had no clue what was going on. <laughs> and and I was asking him different questions, and he, he finally went, I think you're probably no, more knowledgeable than I am, because I don't think I even know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, the worst. And, and so, uh, so then that's when I was like, well, do you have any barrel picks, uh, any whiskey barrel picks? And he said, if we do, they're going to be right up here. So I started walking in that direction, and then I saw the cast strength right, and I was like, you have this? Like, how do you have this? Like, what? What? What, have, awesome. what, what? Did you just lose this in the back or what? And so I, I was excited to get that bottle, and yeah, it was a good it was a good whiskey, whiskey weekend. Um, Cole, oh, that's awesome. what are you thinking as far as ratings go on this? Um, I like it. But I I actually like Yamazaki Twelve quite a bit more. Wait, hold on, 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 hold on. I I want to try this. I I'm gonna write down my my score. Do you have a pen? I do. All right. You write down your your number rating that we always do. Okay. Because I I I don't want to be influenced okay. by your rating, and I don't want you to be influenced by mine. So okay. I, I have mine. I have written mine down. So you you go ahead with yeah, your explanation again. Um, yeah, I liked Yamazaki Twelve a lot better. It was it was more fruity, more crisp. Um, this one, the the kind of the peaty feel I got from it wasn't as exciting as uh, either a very peaty Scotch or you know. But it was also I feel like they should have just picked a, a lane in terms of this. I give it a seven point eight seven, and I give it a. Love it. Mm. I uh, low love it. I did not go that high. Yeah, I I thought it was um, that it's an interesting whiskey that it it's decent. Um, but you know, part of the reason that I drink whiskey and enjoy whiskey is that I want an experience from it, and I didn't really get that much of an experience out of this. Um, yeah, it, it just felt like. I, again, it felt really thin, and I just didn't like that thinness to it. Uh, I gave it a six point six. It, it was good. It tasted good, but I I didn't get the experience from it that I was hoping to get from it, based on the other Japanese whiskey that I've had. Hmm. So, and I, I was talking to uh, Robbie, and he was like, "You guys should definitely do. Um, is it worth it? Kind of ratings more, and maybe not number ratings, but is it worth one hundred and eighty dollars? Oh, I would no. say no. Not, and I assume you would agree. All like, I mean, yeah, I think this is probably worth about forty five dollars. Is kind of how I'm feeling. I'd pay sixty at the most. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely you know the closest thing that we've ever done to like is it worth it kind of ratings is like should you buy a bottle or should you get a pour? And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. depending on the cost of the pour for this, just get the pour. Yeah, for sure. So I would agree. That's how I'm feeling. Hey, Cole, what are we drinking next week? Do you remember? Oh, Otherwise, I have snap. it. Uh, um, I don't remember. Was it the knob? Yes. Next week, we're we're doing the Knob Creek twice barreled rye, and uh, you know, we just talked about the cast strength. That's the only other knob. Uh, rye that we've had is the cast strength rye and uh, as our listeners know that's that's one of my favorite bottles of whiskey in general it's definitely in my top two favorite ryes it is the bottle that really got me into whiskey and like got me i I should say it's the bottle that got me excited about doing this podcast and things like that so yeah 
Yeah, tune in next week for the the Knob Creek twice barreled rye. It is different than the cast strength rye, um, but you know we're gonna have a good time uh, tasting it and reviewing it and all that good stuff. Hey Cole, you know I am looking at your uh, whiskeygoals.com uh, article right now. Uh huh. And the picture of the Jack Daniels thing that you put on there is different than the bottle that I actually have. In terms of... It's got um, a black label, but mine pitch? has a gold label. Oh, I'll need to change that. But, it, I mean, the, your picture still says single barrel barrel proof, and, I mean, that's what mine is. It just has a gold label, so that's... Oh, that's I'll just go weird. with that then. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's next week. Tune in to that, and uh, be sure to head over to whiskeygoals.com uh, to find our, our list of upcoming episodes. There is going to be two changes to that um just based on the two bottles of whiskeys that were sent to me uh, or that I received. Uh, Cole, I'll have to get the courier to to bring you some samples of that, and then we'll make some adjustments to our list. Um, and then, Cole, uh, we, we, didn't do, uh, we didn't do our other shows at all this week, but uh, what's, your, what's your YouTube show that you do? Oh, yeah, so I do uh, Chill Filtered Cocktails with Cole. Um, and I will definitely be putting one out this week. I've been experimenting all week with one that I um, want to put out. And then, uh, so you'll definitely see one probably this Thursday uh, on uh, whiskey or uh, crap, uh, Cocktails with Cole, Chill Filtered channel on YouTube. You know, it's not a bad idea for you to throw those up on Whiskey Goals as well, though. Nah, I probably will. Yeah, that's a good so. idea. Um, and then, uh, as, as our listeners know, and especially our Patreon patrons, they know this. I do a, uh, a Patreon subscriber only show called, uh, Thirsty Thursdays with Adam. So Cole's, uh, Cole's cocktail video, those get released in the mornings. And then I post the, uh, the Patreon only video on Thursday evenings. Um, so, but for as little as one dollar, you can get uh, access to our Patreon content, our Patreon patron-only content, and that's at Patreon.com/slash/ChillFiltered. Links are in the description of this episode. Also, uh, we don't talk about this enough, Cole. We do have a merch store, an online merch store. Um, so far, yeah. uh, Robbie Dedlow has been a uh, a great patron of that merch store. He's gotten a lot of cool swag and uh and all that so if you want to rep the brand you can go there it also helps support the show and all that you know one of our biggest costs every year is uh renewing our our subscription with podbean podbean is where we host the show and actually that um renewal is coming up this week i believe june 24th is the renewal and that's our biggest cost Mm -hmm. right now for the show um and any other fees we kind of it kind of goes to either uh you know paying the courier every now and then or buying a bottle and and all that good stuff so every little bit helps us if you enjoy the show um i don't know a little little bit of soap soapbox time for you people uh i really believe in supporting the things that you enjoy cole and i put out a free product and and we know that you enjoy it because we hear from you guys we love doing this we're not going to stop doing it anytime soon but i would say that if you are somebody who really enjoys this show uh I, I will say that you need to head over to patreon.com slash chillfiltered and, and, and pledge a monthly amount. Honestly, a dollar helps. You wouldn't believe how much a dollar a month helps. So uh, I, I really yeah. truly believe that if, that if you find – that if you get something out of this show that you need to help support it. Um, so uh, financially would be great, but even if you just choose a few episodes and share them on your Facebook or you tag us in something or – anything like that we, we'd love any support that you guys give and we'd love all of you anyway uh, even if you don't s- support in that way but uh all that good stuff right mm-hmm. cole yeah and i think even uh think about like when you if you were to give it to us on patreon that doesn't you know you don't walk away empty handy with that let alone you know you listen to our free podcast but like we have inside kind of stuff with patreon you can kind of get um, special Patreon only uh, things we put out, as well as um, we're hoping to do some like uh, merch soon. So um, you know, hopefully well, we'll get some again, stickers we, out and stuff like that, have, as well as like crazy things. We have merch, but we're definitely getting to the point where we need to reward our Patreon subscribers. Yep. of a certain tier on Patreon with some free yeah. swag. So, uh, and then also, you know, I'm putting together a Patreon only um, 
infinity bottle on the Thirsty Thursdays with Adam. And the goal is to yeah. somehow get samples of that to Patreons of a certain tier. Um, so so there, there's a lot of good stuff coming down the Pipeworks pipeline, whatever, for Chill Filtered on Patreon. Yeah. Hey, Cole, um, it's getting kind of late, but uh, I'm looking at my watch right now. I think that... I, yeah, no, you know what? This, it is time. It's time for Whiskey World News. All right. This is Whiskey World News, the part of Chill Filtered where we choose an article from the internet. We read it. We tell you the title and who wrote it and the website that it's from, but uh, we read the article and kind of talk about it a little bit. Cole, we're running out of time, so this is going to go a little bit faster than normal. But um, today's no article comes from the Des Moines Register.com. And uh, mm. it is written by Brian Taylor Carlson of the Des Moines Register. And uh, the title is Slipknot is releasing its own whiskey on the same day as the band's Iowa State Fair concert. A Des Moines heavy metal band and an Iowa distillery have collaborated on a new whiskey made from Iowa corn. And it will be released on the same day as Slipknot's concert at the Iowa State Fair. Slipknot recently announced its partnership with Cedar Ridge Distillery in Swisher in the release of its own craft spirit, Number 9 Iowa Whiskey. Number 9 Whiskey will be released on August 10th, the day of Slipknot's sold-out concert at the Iowa State Fair. Two versions of the spirit from Cedar Ridge Distillery will be available throughout Iowa and select retailers in all 50 states. Number 9 Iowa Whiskey, which will be 90 proof, will retail for $40, and number 9 Reserve Iowa Whiskey, Iowa Whiskey, which is 99 proof, will retail for $70. Both blended whiskeys are made from corn from the award-winning distillery's family farm in Winthrop, Iowa, and aged in charred American oak barrels. Named for the number of band members in, band members in Slipknot, number 9 Whiskey will also be available at the band's headline Not Fest Roadshow North America Tour ahead of official launch launch on august 10th slipknot and cedar ridge distillery two groups of people born and raised in iowa and committed to quality and hard work said m sean clown crahan founder and percussionist of slipknot we collaborated on number nine whiskey which in addition to iowa corn gets some extra spice from its rye content i hope you enjoy it as much as we do live life and always be safe that's a weird thing to throw in there in fact crahan was responsible for helping to blend the whiskey at cedar ridge a year ago, I got a simple inquiry in my inbox from Slipknot's business manager, Bob Johnson, wondering if we would be interested in collaborating with them for a new product, said Jeff Quint, owner and founder of Cedar Ridge Distillery. At first, I wasn't sure. I sent it to my management team, and within minutes, three of them replied back with, heck yes, nothing says uh, heavy metal rock music like heck yes. Nice, uh, yeah. Uh, a few weeks later, Johnson, Crahan, and the Cedar Ridge team spent the day together in the tasting room, and number nine was born. In a recent article in Forbes, Fred Minnick, a Wall Street Journal best-selling American author known for possessing a razor-sharp razor whiskey palette, said, Slipknot's number nine single-handedly puts Iowa whiskey on the map and is the best liquid distilled there. Wow, that's high praise. That is high praise. Uh, the rest of the article kind of goes on to Fred's uh, tasting notes. I'm going to skip that. In fact, I'm going to skip the rest of the article. Again, this was from Des Moines Register.com. Uh, and uh, it was written, sorry, my. It was written by Brian Taylor Carlson of the Des Moines Register. And the title is Slipknot is re releasing its own whiskey on the same day as the band's Iowa State Fair concert. So, Cole, you know, we've got the Metallica whiskey, and now we've got the Slipknot whiskey. All of these bands, uh, you know, the the other one that was released last year was the uh, the Bob Dylan whiskey. Uh, yeah. And this is something we've talked about in the past. Like, what, like is this going to become the bigger trend that every band has got to have their whiskey? I... I think it'll eventually fizzle out. I'm intrigued by this one, though, especially with Fred Minnick's remarks. Um, I wouldn't put it past Corey Taylor to put that kind of thing out, although they never mentioned his name. Um, right. So maybe he wasn't super involved. He's got a lot of projects, so maybe he didn't even touch it. Um, but 
I also was intrigued that they uh, grew their own stuff, and it looked like they weren't um, sourcing it. So I, I would be super intrigued to try it. I mean, and I liked that they didn't put their name on the whiskey. Right. Well, you know, um, yeah. I don't think I don't think Dylan or or Metallica did either. I guess you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, I think uh, I think it's what, what one of the interesting things to talk about in regards to these bands' whiskeys is that it's it's kind of like pure effing rock and roll to have your own whiskey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you you really don't get more rock and roll than that to like be rolling up to a concert and like you've got people in backstage and you go, "Hey, here's our whiskey. Take it home with you or or whatever. Get effed up on this." Can you hear me censoring yeah. myself? I'm trying not to say the f word. Nice. Look at you. I'm growing. Heck yes, man. <laughs> Heck yeah! I sound like a rock star. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah, man. So yeah, I I think that's part of it is the, the allure of like, hey, this is this. I mean, listen, uh, Metallica and Slipknot and especially Bob Dylan, they don't need to legitimate legitimize themselves with whiskey, but there is something about having a whiskey brand as a band that feels like uh, it legitimizes you as like a premier musician rock and roll band going down in history. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of epic. So. All right, man. Anything else today? No. Good episode, I'd say. But that's just me. I humbly uh, say that, you know. I will uh, I will tentatively agree until I get your audio where, you know, we had that uh, technical difficulty today. today. It's going to be a pain yeah. in the butt to edit these to get it together. <laughs> so. Ooh, rough. Um, I want to give one last shout out to, um, a brand. Uh, I got, a I got a new wedding ring from Ashley for our anniversary. The brand is caveman. I'm sorry. Caveman bands. They're on Etsy. I believe they also have cavemanbands.com bands like wedding bands. Um, and so, uh, it is a really cool titanium, uh, outer ring and the inside of it is made from a whiskey barrel. So there's a wood sleeve in there from a whiskey barrel. I really like it a lot. Check them out if you want something cool like that. And also Cole, when are you going to start making jewelry again? Uh, so I'm hoping to go out to Virginia and pick up my studio soon, or at least, uh, put it together so we could ship it out. But I am dying to start again. Right. Absolutely. All right, man. Any last words? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I hope you're well. I hope uh, <laughs> I hope the meeting with the real estate agent goes well today. I'm excited for you and Heather. Um, that's a big step, man. Thanks so much. Yeah. I hope it goes well, too. Absolutely. And I know that I can speak for Cole when listeners, I tell you that I hope our love of spirits lifted yours. Mm-hmm.